0: And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski.
1: And I'm Marilyn Brown.
0: And today, well, we're both in Los Angeles and it's raining, which is kind of exciting.
1: Like the topic of the day when it rains here, we all get so, so excited.
0: (laughs) Or scared. People get like petrified to drive.
1: (laughs) Both. Both. It's a little bit of both for sure. It's like, yeah,
0: yeah. But it's like actually downpouring, which is very rare. It was drizzling last night and everyone was super excited and then i don't hear it anymore when we were setting up it it sounded like you were in some kind of like wind like tunnel a, like a monsoon <laughs> yeah
1: it was it was pretty intense and that was the thing it was today um driving to work i was like oh this is like real real rain like this isn't like cali like la oh it sprinkles it's like rainy but you don't really actually get that wet, like, it was, it's been, like, downpouring off and on all day, which is, is interesting, so we'll see how long it lasts, because I know a couple of years ago, it rained for, like, two months. Yeah. Yeah, so. And we needed it desperately. We time. did, yeah, and I, I, coming from the Midwest, like, that's one of the things I, I miss is the rain, so I was very happy to, like, have an excuse to wear my rain boots today. Right.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. today, uh, we are discussing, uh, a viral video that channel four I'm pretty sure they created it um it has 4.6 million views currently and it's about this couple who held a divorce ceremony for themselves um and it's interesting because when I someone else had shared it and that's how I saw it and my initial reaction as I started watching it was very unmindful um and it just seemed very silly to me. But then as I was watching it, uh, I said the mindfulness kind of started to seep in mm-hmm. um, and it became just very beautiful. Um, pretty much I can give kind of a breakdown for anyone who hasn't watched it. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. It was like an outdoor ceremony and some of the things they did. They had like a processional um, and behind the couple were all their friends in the order that those friends came into the couple's life. And then they gave uh, speeches um, kind of vows, if you will, of thankfulness for the time they had spent together. And then they ended it with, there was uh, on a big piece of fabric was a painting of two people, I think holding hands Mm -hmm. and they each, uh, each of the couple cut half of it in half. And then they had to their surprise, the, the, Minister who was ever, um, in charge ever, of, ever, yeah. Right, the efficient uh, had all their friends take uh, pins and pin it back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just, it was just very interesting because it's, it's divorce is kind of a thing that I think most people would think of as non, as it's a result of unmindfulness, mm-hmm. and to see it in such a mindful light was just very interesting to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there goes the rain. I hope it's not so loud that you guys don't can't hear me, but, um, but yeah, no, I think that like it, it was taking something that like, I think divorce, not necessarily unmindful. Cause I think you can be mindful about the process of divorce, but I think like just the concept or the idea of divorce is seen as a failure. As like rather than kind of expressing and being able to pay attention to what actually happened through that relationship. Like I loved when they talked about their children and how they honored their children and how they talked about all of that. I think a lot of times when people are divorcing, it's so much seen as a loss that people aren't really people are unable to really experience gratitude for the time that they had together and I think about that a lot of times for me I, I, I think about marriage a lot and I'm I'm not married and it's something that just I I, I just kind of think about like how mindful is the way we look at marriage in general and like the goals that we kind of that we set around marriage because I think that like for any other relationship we're able to accept the ebbs and flows of it or accept that, like, maybe it's, it's for a time or it's a, it's, it's, there's a, you know, there's a season for that relationship. But I feel like with marriage, a lot of times, because we, we have this goal of staying together forever, that, that everything else is, is, is seen as a failure if that's, if that goal isn't met. And so I really love how this Couple was able to, rather than looking at the divorce as this as this failure, a, a, something that they they weren't able to do well, that they were able to look at it and, and be mindful and and express gratitude for each other and the relationship and 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 the friendships that they that they gained throughout it and 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 say thank you to everyone who was a part of that relationship. Like I just really, it was really cool to me to see divorce not seen as this huge failure. I think because as a therapist, I work with people who experience divorce. I've had couples go through divorce. And that's one of the biggest struggles for people is feeling like so much shame around it, so much shame and feeling like I failed, we couldn't figure this out. And, And a lot of times people get so stuck in that, that they're not able to move forward. And so I really thought, wow, this looks like a way for people to accept what is except that the marriage is that, that we don't want to be married to each other anymore but move on to something else
0: yeah, yeah. i think too because divorce is often seen as a failure more than not uh, mm-hmm. what happens is people stay in the relationships mm-hmm. to the point where they're so unmindful and so toxic that uh hate starts to develop right and i think what's struck me about the video was how much these two people still respected and cared for each other, Um, whether it was love or not. I mean, they both had kids and they talked about their kids and it was just the the mindful way that the mindfulness that had to be in the relationship before this point to, to stop and say, we don't want this to get worse. We don't want to end up hating each other. We don't want to be in one of these relationships. Where we can't even be around each other. With, with our kids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to end it now. Where there is that respect. So we can part ways. And still be successful. By ourselves. Yes. Um, and I, I think that's something that. Is often lacking. In relationships. Because there is this sense of. It's a failure or a fear of leaving the relationship um, for whatever reason, if it is the failure or just um, a a fear of the unknown, of being uncomfortable again, all all those things.
1: Yeah, fear. It's it's all fear that a lot of times will keep people stuck in that place where the relationship has maybe run its course as far as, as a marriage. But because of that fear, people hold on, you know, and end up hurting each other even more. And I think that's what you were kind of pointing out that they seem to really genuinely still like respect each other. And, 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 and that's, that's something that I think is a lot of times lost in the way that we go about divorce and the way that we go about relationships ending. And, and every culture doesn't do it the way we do. You know, there are, there are cultures where people will be married for a time and then if they get, sick of each other they'll just kind of move on and 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 start you know and end up with somebody else and it's not like a failure and the families kind of still connect and the and and the kids will still have relationships with each other and it's not really seen as like okay well we you know failed so now everybody has to choose sides and friends have to you know pick who's who's who are they going to still be friends with and things like that that we that we tend to kind of do when when people are separating um, and one thing, one thing that was funny to me about it, which I think kind of struck me when I was first watching it, is a little, it seemed a little silly to me just how like it was a full on ceremony and they were dressed okay. up. And I mean, you know, she had on like a sparkly gold gown, it was a gorgeous gown. And like, you know, they had, it was, it was a real ceremony. You could tell they had spent some money and, and done all of that. And I think for me, that was kind of my initial, like what is this you know because i was like it it seemed like a little intentionally like frivolous but then but i think the ceremony of it i could see the value of it once i was watching it and saw what they did and 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 saw the um you know the different rituals that they did as part of the ceremony but i also think like as a therapist and somebody who works with people who can't necessarily afford to you know have a ceremony for divorce, because just getting divorced in general can be very expensive on its own. I was watching it and thinking, how can how can we take some of this? Like, how can people take the mindfulness from this experience and start to bring that into their own separations and divorces? Like, maybe it doesn't have to be a ceremony, but, you know, does it make sense to get the family and friends together and talk to talk to each other you know, have a have a family discussion about it rather than like a, a lot of times where divorce happens where people kind of tell people separately and there's a lot of times where people don't even know what's going on and so-and-so's moved out and no one even knows. Again, I think around the shame of hiding these things and I think, you know, does it make sense for people and, and families to kind of bring their, their tribe together, bring their community together, like this is what's going on, This is this is where we're at and we appreciate you guys supporting us through the marriage and also through this next phase um right. so i was kind of watching it thinking about that like looking at it to try to find ways to to take that mindfulness and and offer it to people who are going through divorce now
0: right, right. i also no. think what, what struck me, struck me. mindful in it is it seemed mindful for who they were and what their specific relationship yes. was right mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that this is a prescription for every divorce and every relationship. It, it just seemed very evident that they had a very high level of self reflection in mm-hmm. their relationship and in the breakup and wanted to intentionally try to create um, as much positivity around and understanding around their personal divorce as, they could. I mean, and even if it, they, they didn't go into the the reasons why they did it, but even if it wasn't really for them and it was more for their kids or for their family or for whoever it was, <laughs> it was evident that it was very natural and meaningful to them.
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, that, and I definitely think that that is important. And I think that having it be meaningful to them, but also the intentionality around that was really what struck me because again, it's just something that I think we're we're so intentional and so meticulous about the wedding and like not necessarily the marriage itself. I mean, some people will go to pre-marriage counseling and do different things like that to be intentional about how are we going to manage money and all of these things, but we're super focused on the ceremony and the wedding and all of these things and being very intentional about that. But I think once things start to dissolve and people go towards divorce, then the shit kind of hits the fan and it's not, there's not a lot of intention around that process. And I think like if we could find ways to bring more intention around that, that it could actually create a space where it's not as, as traumatic as it can be.
0: Mm -hmm. And you brought up the shame, which I think is, is a product of that fear or that uh, idea of failure yeah. Um, but the other thing that struck me about it was, I think, in, in mo- the idea of divorce, especially in the US, there is a lot of failure and shame involved, both, I think, for the people involved, and mm-hmm. those around them, putting shame onto them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I thought that yeah. what they had done was such an empowering way to eliminate that shame. Mm-hmm. And involve kind of their all their friends and family in the removal of that shame, yeah. um, because it didn't just seem yeah. like they yeah. were empowered from the video. It seemed Ev- like everyone who was there was <laughs> left more mindful than they arrived.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I, I totally agree with that. I think it was a really meaningful experience for everybody that was there and I think it also speaks to that when couples separate it does affect the other people in the relationship and I think you know of course we're focused on the the couple and the immediate family and the kids but I think a lot of times the other support people the friends don't really get a space to kind of process how they feel about it so I love that there was that they were validated that they were connected and a part of it too and it seemed like it was a healing experience for everybody
0: yeah, yep. I wonder, too, uh, what role mindfulness has played since the beginning of the relationship. Right. Uh, because it seemed like they were just, that it had already always been a part of their relationship to the point. They talked about definitely <laughs> yeah. in their vows, struggles and, and normal things. And we all know, we talk about all the time that just practicing mindfulness in no way means that, you are mindful at all times, um, but I do think it's it's a lot easier in relationships if you if the relationship at the beginning is grounded in in mindful dialogue and yes. mindful action than if it's not to find it later. I mean, it's always possible to find it. It's just more of a challenge,
1: right? Right, and and both parties have to be interested in participating in that. And so I think that's why it really helps when they're both on board and both kind of open to that journey from the beginning.
0: Right. Yeah. It reminds me of the, the love languages. Yes. Yeah. And I've always, I always thought that it was just, uh, it was a very interesting, uh, eye opener in that we often try to love people the way we want to be loved as opposed to, the curiosity of finding out how they want to be loved. Right. Um, and I kind of discovered that uh, kind of concept uh, after my, before my previous relate, before my current relationship, right after my last relationship. Um, and just kind of knowing that and having that in the back of my mind has really uh, created a very different dynamic in my current mm-hmm. relationship. Um mm-hmm. so I recommend to anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about to look up the love languages. Do you know what
1: yes they all are? Five love languages. Um I think I do. So there are five love languages and these are the ways that we like to give and receive love. And so there's acts of service and so this is people that like to do things, just that person that's just gonna do stuff for the people that they love. There's words of validation. Um, so this is saying you, I love you, there's time spent, um, there's, gosh, there's two more that I'm not thinking of, access, oh service, gifts. Spent, gifts, yes, gifts, and then there's one more, ah, I've gone over these so many times, and I can't believe I'm blank. <laughs> but either way, there are five of them, and, and it is, it's one of those things that, like, you don't... I think because we're just all we're we're so in our own little bubble that we don't unless we know to to look outside and and see what else is going on with other people. We just think, well, yeah, this is what I like. So I like to be told I love you. So I assume other people want to be told that they're loved. You know what I mean? So we just Mm -hmm. don't even think to ask. And I think that's where that mindfulness piece comes in. and, And the love languages can be so helpful because you just don't even realize that they that they even necessarily exist until you, and then you're like, Oh, right. Okay. So this, this why we're missing each other. And is this why I'm wanting this person to tell me and meaning meanwhile, they're like, well, I'm here every day. So clearly, you know, I love, right, right. It's, it's one of those cool things. Cause when I, when I work with my clients and I tell them about it, it's one of those kind of aha moments of like awareness. Oh, I didn't even realize that that was a thing. And then once you're aware of it, I can see how it would, how it impacts, how you move forward in your relationships. Because a lot of yeah. things that we're, we're, we feel a lot of times, like, there, a lot of times there's hurt feelings when we're expressing love in a way and, and wanting it in a way that we haven't been able to actually say or talk to that person about. And so it's, like, the, these opportunities of just, like, hurt feelings and, yeah.
0: Right. Um, right. I think there's also the, the empowerment yeah. of knowing what, how you want to receive love and being able to communicate that with others too, not just knowing to look for what, how other people want to be loved, but being able to communicate how you feel loved, I think yes. is equally as important.
1: Yeah. I, I would, yeah, I would say that that's really, uh, yeah, I guess equally as important. It's extremely important because that's that, that's that empowering piece for yourself. And I think a lot of times, we haven't really taken the time to really explore how we need how we want to be loved. And I think that that kind of leads to some self-discovery and more internal mindfulness.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it also helps to just having an awareness of that concept helps, uh, be able to translate, uh, the type of love other people are giving you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think out of all five, the one, that I least find love through is gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, now if someone were to give me a gift, I, whereas before I knew that I just yeah. did not feel anything and kind of just be weirded out by it. Yep. Or now I can at least acknowledge that there was an attempt made to show love and to show right. care. Um, and I think that makes uh just a, a big difference. Cause I think there are sometimes if someone really does feel strongly about receiving love in a certain way, I mm. think there, there is something about wanting to give love in that same way oh, um, right. that I, I think there's a part of it of, of allowing that as well. Um, mm.
1: When you say allowing that, like, like allowing that person to, like, I don't know uh, what you're allowing that. Right.
0: So if someone, uh, if someone is like, a, a, wants to receive gifts as their love, so they try to give so gifts. gift gifts, yes. yeah. Right. That's the way they're expressing love. So I think it, part of it is, I don't want to say always accepting, but there are times Obviously. where I'll accept gifts because I know it mm-hmm. makes them feel like they're sharing love. Yes. Right. And yeah, it's more definitely. about, it's not about me getting the gift because I personally don't really care about the gift. It's me knowing that there is love behind it and receiving the love as opposed to separating the two.
1: Exactly. Yes. And allowing them to to give you that love, which is how you kind of show love by receiving how that other person chooses to give love to you. So it's like that kind of two-way street where it's important for us to know the love language and be able to sh- to tell others what we need, but then also to accept their love language. And like you said, accept the gift because this is how that person shows love and maybe not all the time, but that's how you kind of love that person as well. And it's like that, that, that relationship that you're in. But I think if we don't, if we don't know that other people are showing love in these different ways, then we're just feeling unloved and confused and like, what's going on. I'm doing all this, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, some, some of it, just having the knowledge of it, I mean, some people are compatible in relationships with one with one another, and some people aren't. And I know for myself that if someone, if their dominant love language was gift-giving, mm-hmm. I would have a hard time with that.
1: Yeah. Um, right, just because
0: right. it would just be a lot of, I mean, c- could I do it? Potentially. But it would just be so much work because it's probably my least, not, like, I just not yeah, something. Yeah,
1: you're like a I don't need all yeah, this. Stuff. Right. <laughs> so you more stuff.
0: <laughs> and the last thing I think of is to give someone a gift, like a physical yeah gift. So yeah. and like the holidays just stress me out having to like think about buying people gifts and stuff. I'm like, why don't we all just go out and have a nice dinner, like do right. something together. Time spent.
1: <laughs> yes. Is that, is that one of your <laughs> top languages? Time spent. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. It's like if I want, if I'm around you a lot, like you know, I love you because <laughs> time is precious. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Uh, there, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, just going back to the, the video, the only thing, and we kind of already talked about it, but um, the, I think the moment that really got me was the cutting of the, mm-hmm. uh, the painting Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting because even the metaphor of it, um, I guess intellectually, I'm a little confused about because they're separating their friends are bringing them together, but just the, there, there was a moment where, um, they, you kind of really saw who, what their relationship was because they were asked to cut it and the, woman didn't want to and told the husband to do it and then he had to say well i'll do the first half and then you do the second half there was just a little banter there and it wasn't it wasn't aggressive it wasn't there was nothing behind it right Um, it was just this nice little like human moment Mm -hmm. um that kind of shined through in it all in this kind of because they put on as you were saying before it was very ceremonial it was a it was a it was a Display which worked for them, but it was kind of the one moment in that whole thing where I felt like all that kind of faded away, yeah, um, and it came just became like a moment for them,
1: uh huh, yeah, yeah, that 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 whole that whole part was was pretty um striking for me, and and when they put it back together, I mean, I think like the way I was kind of looking at the the metaphor with their friends putting it back together was that like they they're not actually separating, like they're, they're not going to be buried anymore. They're not, divorced, but they're still, they're still connected. There's all of these connections that they still have and all of these things that still bind them together. And so it's like, it's different, but it's still, it's still there. But I just, I think that like, I don't know, it was, it was really, it was really just interesting to, to watch that moment where they, they, where it did, it did kind of seem like it all faded away and they all, they were just kind of there, you know, recognizing like the gravity of what was going on for, for that moment when they were doing the cutting, it was really, I don't know. It was really beautiful to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just think the whole, uh, I think what I loved about it most was it was kind of fighting this idea that, uh, when you get to divorce, you can't be friends or, you know, you have the thing where like you have to, your friends pick which one they want to be friends with. Exactly. And you can't yep. be in the same room. And, and and you're constantly like saying negative things about each other to your kids and like all these kind of stereotypical divorced things. And just the, the difference I think in just everyday lives, yeah. if that wasn't the case and just, people decided you know we were in love and now it's not that the way it is we're just gonna go and go to the next journey and yes. have everything we shared in the past and we can still have friends and we can still be together with the kids mm-hmm. and do all these things as friends and really i think just stay friends you hear that all the time as mm-hmm. like uh well we can stay friends and we can't and some people do it but even the people i know and i know some people who have done it very successfully mm-hmm. uh, but i think a lot of times too uh that sentiment is said without really contemplating what it means. Yeah. Um, and without a real intention to make it happen. Um, because of course it's going to be work and require a Mm -hmm. whole new level of mindfulness to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's like anything, any other relationship, like the beginning of any relationship, friendship, romantic relationship is work. I mean, you have to establish what the relationship is, and then once you're in kind of the rhythm and it's established, it's much easier to kind of just maintain um, because you know what to expect until something, things happen and then it changes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of people expect the friendship element to just be a natural progression, and it's really going to take as much work as any other relationship and probably more because you have all the baggage right now are trying to intentionally change the relationship into something else.
1: Right, right. You're intentionally redefining a relationship that had a lot of set rules and and boundaries and things. And so it takes effort, but I think like you said, a lot of people it, it sounds good to say, Oh yeah, we're still friends. We're still but to actually do the work to make that happen and to make the effort, I think that's a that's a very, very different thing. But I think that in the long run, it creates a place where people are able to, I won't say like get over, not necessarily get over it, but like heal from and move past, move through the, the trauma of divorce and get back to like a healthy place in their lives quicker because there's not this, there's not this contentiousness. There's not this battle that there's, there's genuine, you know, there's a genuine relationship with somebody who, you know, you still care about
0: earlier in the podcast, too, is the external factors and the the shame that comes on it, because I even know, I mean, if you say, oh, I'm friends with an ex, the reactions you'll get from friends, family, from just people around you Mm -hmm. um, are often very negative or just very curious. Um, There's a lot of shock with it. uh, But I think the way they the ceremony and kind of eliminated the shame Mm -hmm. and put an intention right at the beginning in front of all the people that meant something in their lives of we still care for each other. And yes, we're separating, but we're still connected and we're still going to be friends and all this stuff, I think makes it much easier to then actually take the additional steps to make it a reality.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they had to set that like mindful tone in the beginning and they're, they're making a commitment to like, Make an effort to, to to mindfully walk through this process together, and so when you do that, when you set that commitment, it's like it creates the space where they're able to to really actually live it,
0: you know, in a very real
1: way. Yeah. I want to see like an update about them. I'm like very curious. Yeah, I'll, I'll how, have to. Like laugh. how long ago this was, and like I want to know what's going on. Like because it, it is it's 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 something like I've never seen anything like that before, and I was like, this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, the other thing. Me of was uh, totally different, totally different topic. But how often, uh, when there's any kind of like social change, it requires people to uh, know people who are going through the the issues, like with with <laughs> mm-hmm. race relations or, or or sexual orientation. Any of these things, the more people that come out, and once you realize, like, oh, I have family members who are gay, yeah. then, or trans, or what, whatever it is, the easier it is to accept it the same way. Shame. The the more diverse your your friend group or your family group, the more open you tend to be. Yeah. Um, and I think this kind of in its own way helps do that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the people who are there. Um, because it's not just, oh, we still care for each other and we want to part ways nicely and mm-hmm. peacefully and lovingly. It actually... Brings people into the experience. Um, So. And we already said this. But I think one of the big takeaways. Was seeing the. uh, The kind of audience to it. um, React in the moment. To it.
1: Yeah definitely.
0: Cool. Well do we have any homework?
1: Huh. I don't. You know what. Yeah I want to know people's. If people are familiar with the love languages, I know that wasn't the topic per se, but talking about divorce and relationships, I want to know if people are familiar with the love languages, and if they are, what are their what's their primary love language?
0: Yeah, and any struggles they've had, I guess, in yeah. relationships with the uh, the love languages. Yes. Definitely, because we can do a whole other podcast. On
1: yeah, we sure. like, yeah, we should do like yeah, do a whole one on the love languages, and then I'll 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 remember what that fifth one is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it.
0: Sounds good, and hopefully we'll be back before the hol- the next set of holidays. Yes. It's in that busy season. Yeah, but yes. we'll be back one more
1: time before before we get into the Christmas holidays, at least.
0: Yes. yes. Okay. Sounds good.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.